Welcome to Face versus Heel. This is Mike the Face. And this is Ryan the Heel. What's up, son? How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm just fantastic. It's been forever since we recorded, man. It has. And it's, uh, yeah, we've had a lot go on over the last, what, two, three months since we recorded last? Yeah, we have, if not double, triple the amount of people in our Facebook group, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, every day it seems like we get more and more listeners. It's very, it's very cool. Or participants, I guess, or uh, adders, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Fans. Exactly. So we are back, man, to record a special episode, WrestleMania 30. And the reason why this is so special, you got to go because you suck. And I cannot wait to hear all your stories upon this because we get to have the uh, the TV perspective and then we get to have your perspective being at the actual event. So I'm super excited about this, sir. Yes, I was there in New Orleans. I showed up on Friday and I was there and well until Monday. So uh, all right, so so set us up, tell us your story how things went, all that good stuff. Let's go, man. Let's roll. All right. Well, Friday night I, I got to the airport and, you know, all you see is nothing but uh, wrestling T-shirts at the airport. All the fans, everyone's got a T-shirt on. They're even selling T-shirts at the airport. Um, I was kind of surprised about that. I didn't think it was going to be that huge of a deal, but I guess this is a major deal in New Orleans. Um, then... Uh, I don't know, the, the big popular thing down there is the French Quarters. We go down there, it's where Bourbon Street is and all that. Um, all you hear walking up and down the street is yes chants and we the people chants. And uh, 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 what, what's the one? Um, Let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Ah, nice. You get a lot of that. I mean, it, it was, uh, I was down there with a buddy and I told him, it, no matter when you come back to, the French Quarter in New Orleans, it'll never be the same because you'll never be down here and hear wrestling chants ever again, like the way we heard it. You know what I mean? It was it was wild. So lots of fans. There's fans everywhere. It was it was like being in, a, I don't know if you've seen the Scooby-Doo WrestleMania. Uh, I'm trying to avoid it like the plague, sir. Well, I have a two-year-old, so I, I bought it. And, and in, the, in that movie, they have a WWE City. And and this is what this is probably the closest in real life I've ever had for like what WWE city would probably be like you know there was just there's wrestlers everywhere there's fans everywhere everyone you, you turn around there was guys dressed like Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan and wow axe and smash a demolition and everyone is talking about 
their favorite match or or this guy or that guy or there's chance and it was just it was wild it was like being in wwe city so awesome um and then we didn't see any any wrestlers on friday night but um saturday morning i ran into seamus he about he about trampled me over he was in such a hurry Uh, (laughs) but he like it was it's just out of the blue he just like came around the corner he was all by himself you know he well he was with a little kid but I thought, you know, if there's wrestlers walking around, they're going to be mobbed by people. And this this guy was just out of nowhere. And I, I I looked up, and it was this super white guy with orange hair and an orange beard. And I was like, holy, well, I won't say it, but holy crap, Seamus, <laughs> you know. And and uh, uh, I, I was like, hey, Seamus. He's like, I, I can't remember if he said, what's up, brother, or what's up, fella. He, he, called, he would have called you fella, because that's his thing. Yeah, I think that's what he said. I think, what's up, fella? And then he just he just kept going. I didn't want to interrupt him because I think he was with his kid, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And then we went over and stood uh, right outside the hotel where all the wrestlers were at. And uh, honestly, you could have stood there. You could be there for about five minutes at any given point during the day, even into about two in the morning, and a wrestler was either coming or going. So, so you're telling me you actually stayed at the hotel that the wrestlers stayed at? No, I did not stay at the same. Okay, I, I can't, I can't afford that. <laughs> so, but in other words, you were like, you were able to see them coming in and out of hotels. Is that it? Yeah. Well, they have like little barricade up, like the you know the metal barricades, um, and and they have a fan area um, on either side of the the door. Then they have like a, it's a street. Um, where the, they they always, they all came in in like either, uh, buses, um, limos, or they came in these like SUV, like suburban Ford Explorer, all black, like looking like, you know, a president was showing up and all that. Right. So they were all showing up in those or getting picked up in those. And then anytime a, a guy would come out or a uh, wrestler, or like a female, uh, AJ Lee or whatever, you know, all the fans are. You know, chanting their name and all that. And uh, a couple of times they would come over and actually like shake hands and give autographs. Most of the time they were right to the car as fast as they could get without pictures or anything. And then off they would go um, to whatever, you know, event they were at. So Saturday night was a Hall of Fame. We saw a lot of people that night. Um, I'd say about half the roster, maybe even. Um, and they and, and it was kind of funny. Uh, they had a bus pull up. And then, like, blocked the entrance, so like I had to like run around on the side, and all you saw was nothing but all the jobbers get on that bus. I was like, how funny, you know? They don't, they make all the jobbers go on one bus, and like all the like, like Seamus got on his own, own SUV. Everybody else kind of got in their own SUV. Yeah. Then all the jobbers, like 3MB and uh, Brodus Clay and Zack Ryder, all them guys all got on one bus. That was kind of funny. Kind of like the sea level guys, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 guys that are there to uh, make the John Cena's and other guys look good, right? So, um, but yeah, saw a lot of guys. Then Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I don't know if you remember Matt Stryker. He used to he used to wrestle a couple years ago, and then he went into like kind of doing what um, what's his name? What's the guy that does the pre-show? Josh something. What's his name? Drawing a blank, sir. Josh. Uh, well, anyways, kind of like what Renee Young does. Um, he did like backstage interviews and stuff. I met him. He was really cool. 
Um, he was actually hanging out on Bourbon Street, just hanging out, you know, having a beer or whatever. And I uh, talked to him for a little bit. Saw a lot of NXT guys uh, down on Bourbon Street. I talked to Mojo Rawley. I don't know if you know who he is, but if, if you check out NXT, you'll see him. He's like the big energy guy down there. Okay. Um, he's really cool. Um, and then I don't know if you remember the Nasty Boys from way back in the day, but they, they were in a bar. They were getting smashed. Drunk, <laughs> really smashed. And uh, they were pretty wild, like. Uh, it's funny. I got video and I'll upload all these videos when I get some time. But, um, at one point I have a video of, uh, Brian knobs of the nasty boys. He was doing karaoke at this bar and then he cut a promo on the bar. Like, like on the people in the bar, he just was like, rawr, rawr, rawr. you can't even understand him really. Cause he was so drunk, but he was, he was going crazy. And then the bushwhacker Luke was there. Um, he got everyone chanting bushwhackers. Um, let's see what else. It was just crazy. Everywhere you turn, it was either wrestling fans talking about wrestling or wrestlers just hanging out. It was really weird. So how the hell did you afford to be able to go, sir? Uh, it was a a combination birthday and Christmas present. The, uh, the plane tickets were birthday. Christmas present was the tickets. So, uh, and then a, a, a dash of my own money thrown in with all that to, to be down there and drink and buy souvenirs and all that. It was, if you added it all up, it was, a uh, was a couple thousand dollars, I'd say. So are we talking below 5,000? Yeah, it was below 5,000. I mean, you, you could go down there and easily spend that. It, like if you wanted to stay at the same hotel as the wrestlers, it would have probably cost, mm, I'm guessing somewhere in between six and 900 a night just for the hotel. I'm guessing. Okay, so did you get these uh, like tickets and stuff as a gift, or is this you and your girlfriend saving up money, that kind of stuff? Uh, the plane tickets, I was actually supposed to go on a different trip uh, closer to my birthday. It's in October, and uh, some things went wrong. Like my, The bus broke down on the way to the airport, and I, I just never made it to my flight, so I had to cancel it, and I had this money left over. Well, then like a couple months later, they released tickets, or they opened up pre-sale for WrestleMania. So I jumped on that, and I thought, all right, well, let's use this money for New Orleans plane tickets. And then, um, so I bought the plane tickets for to go down there at that time without buying the WrestleMania tickets because I knew I could get those. And this was, like, right around Christmas, I think, when they opened up. No, this is, a, I think, a month before Christmas, like November, when they opened up ticket sales. And uh, so I, I asked a couple people that always buy me presents. I was like, can you guys all compile your money together? Give it to me a month early so I can buy WrestleMania tickets. And they did. So, wow. Congratulations, sir. I heard you told me a beer was nine bucks. Yeah. At the arena, beers were nine bucks. Pops were like seven or something like that. Wow. Uh, Waters, I think were five or six. It's like, you couldn't, you couldn't drink or eat anything there for cheaper than like six bucks. I think so. Uh, and the, and the, oh man, you know how you normally go to like, uh, restaurants or, well, I don't know if you ever go to like nightclubs or anything, but it's, when you go there, it's always the women's bathroom that is backed up like right. way beyond, not at a wrestling event at a wrestling event. It's the men's bathroom. It, that line was like a mile long. You almost had to cut line and, and try and, or walk in the exit 
just to go to the bathroom. It was ridiculous. I missed the only match I missed live was the Shield match. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it was a short match to begin with. I think that match lasted what six minutes, something like that. But yeah. So why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about the Hall of Fame real quick, and then we'll get into actual WrestleMania, the matches, our discussion, what we thought, and then my TV perspective, your live perspective. We'll just we'll get through this thing, and then when we're done, we'll talk about last night's Raw and the future storylines we got set up based on. Uh, WrestleMania, and then over overall, what we thought of WrestleMania. So let's. Why don't we do that? You sound like a good plan, sir. Business is about to pick up. What? That was my uh, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, okay, excellent. Pick up. So yeah, let's do this. All right. So our first uh, match, which originally was going to be what a fatal four-way tag team match, which this I honestly thought should have been in WrestleMania, but this is the way to kick things off. What, an hour or two prior to it kicking off, they changed the rules to be, what, an elimination match. Is that correct? Yes, which they needed to have announced before that. I mean, it should have been that to begin with. Okay, and I guess I should go back a little bit. Hall of Fame, real quick, what did you think? I haven't seen it. I didn't go to the Hall of Fame. Oh, you you didn't go. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I I was more just stand outside the hotel. Okay get them as they were going to the hall of fame and then i was back there as they all came back from the hall of fame so okay so in our tag team match who we have in here we had the usos which are the current tag team champions uh then we had who else do we have up in the here the real americans the uh tag team of ryback and axel uh curtis axel Axel, and then <laughs> The uh, oh, where are they? The masked guys. Yeah, the the oh, the oh, oh my gosh, dude. Los Matadores. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. Ole. I I, I don't know, dude. I, I can't see these guys. They're just it's it's such a a kid act, you know. And that's the whole reason they're there. They're for the kids, but you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. So. Uh, overall, obviously this was going to be a half hour long because it's the pre-show. How did you think this went? Uh, honestly, the, the crowd was, was way into it. Like it didn't take them long to like get pumped up or anything. They were, it seemed like the crowd was cheering everything in this match. Um, well that they were booing the, booing the, uh, Rybaxel, but they were cheering the other three teams and, and I was shocked, like that whole arena chanted "We the People" every single time they like, they like motion for it or whatever. And it was funny, right when uh, Zeb Coulter starts out talking, the place just boo. <laughs> and then when them guys came out and did "We the People," the whole arena was behind the "We the People." So it's almost like, kind of like they like they do with Cena, you know? They 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 boom but cheer them at the same time. That's now- what now, for you non-wrestling guys who don't know who these guys are, they are the racist people of the WWE. Well, the, the manager is. Exactly. Yeah, he's his thing is uh, all the illegal uh, Mexicans or whatever that come across this country and take our jobs and yada, yada, yada. That, that's the role he plays. And he just, everywhere he goes, he just talks about all the illegals that sneak across into this country and the star of the real American Cesaro is J- basically Jason Statham if he was a wrestler right and 
he he's a he's a breakout guy. Like two years ago, Cesaro was the U.S. champion, and no one could care less about him. Exactly. And he has just exploded onto the scene in maybe the last. Well, well, ever since he got with uh, Jack Stinker, as like. <laughs> All right, so this match lasts 16 minutes and two seconds. It was really fun. Usos retained. Usos are my boys. They are, of course, related to The Rock, so of course they're amazing. But uh, they're really funny, especially uh, Jimmy. Jimmy's my favorite because, of course, he's featured on Total Divas all the time, and this guy is just a jokester. He's great, good times. Love these guys. I'm happy they retained. Excellent, good times. So, Yeah. Um, it was a good match. It was entertaining. They did a lot of high spots, which is, you know, big moves, I guess, for people that don't know. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I like right at the end of that match, I, I, I called this a couple of days beforehand, uh, uh, Swagger and Cesaro broke up pretty much. Yep. The King of Swing was created essentially as of last night, I guess. But yeah, those two had a fight, basically broke up. And uh, the aftermath happened last night on Raw. So, yeah, it was it was pretty good. That was it was a great match to get people excited. And and I agree, this match should have been on the pay per view. But I don't think they had any other match that they could have put on the pre show that would have got the the got the excitement up as well in the arena. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, I can agree with that. Yeah, it was already electric. And then the way they started WrestleMania, oh. that would that would have been enough. But I don't know any other match that you could have justified putting in the pre-show that would have done its job. You know what I mean? So that's why this match was where it was. Okay. So you, sir, I told you that you were I, – I said some choice words to you when I saw this happening on TV about how much of a lucky you know, jerk-off you are that you got to see Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin – and The Rock Live. Tell me about this experience, sir. All right. Well, it, you know, they started off, you know, the lights and I mean, it's just the, the pageantry with the music and all that. And then Hogan's music hits. You know, everyone's chanting Hogan, Hogan. And he comes down there and and murders it. Just Silver Dome. We're <laughs> in the Dome. And then he then he, he calls it the WWFE. And uh, he, he was like, he was flubbing everywhere. And I'm assuming he had like butterflies or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, he, he kind of flubbed. And then. And yeah. what I love is, though, is that people didn't really boo him. They gave him a little bit. But because it was Hogan, it was just a little bit of a boo, you know, just to let him know, hey, you screwed up. But it wasn't like people were completely pissed off at him, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think. If he would have cut that promo after the Undertaker match, the, they would have booed him out of the arena. But <laughs> it, it helped that everyone was already pumped. They were ready to get this thing going. And, uh, and you know, everyone was chanting Superdome, Superdome. And, and I was glad that he kind of went off script and and was like, you know, thanks, brother, for correcting me at the Superdome, you know. And, and you know, he all I could think of is WrestleMania 3. And, yeah. yeah. He had a, he had a good cover there, and then as he's talking, you hear the glass break and Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits. That place roared, dude. I never. How loud was it, man? It it was loud. I mean, it was loud. I mean, I, I don't even know how to ex- describe how loud it got, but it got louder when the next person came. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Stone Cold came out there, and 
I, that was, it was really funny. Like when he came out there, he's like, Oh, it's good to be back here in the silver dome, you know, kind of playing. Right. Out. I, I love the joke that he did. And he's like, are you saying what, what he gets everybody going? He goes, should I whoop some, what is he? He was talking about every time I get in a ring, I whoop some ass. Uh, is that what you, do you no. want me to whoop his, how, how did it go? I forgot. He goes, if you want me to whoop Hulk Hogan's ass, give me a hell yeah. And everyone was like, everyone like instantly turned on Hogan like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I I honestly thought like, oh my God, he might give him a stunner right here. And and then he goes on to like WrestleMania one. What? WrestleMania two. What? That was awesome. It was awesome. It went up to 10. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, get the point. He, he, he cut a really good, like, little promo there. and Yeah, and Michael Cole was like, oh, I thought he was going to go to 30. Yeah, well, we did, too. We were like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, three minutes later. We'll finally get to this one. But um, I think he I think he stopped at 10. I don't know when Hogan stopped wrestling at WrestleMania. I don't remember when he left. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it, it was pretty funny. And then uh, when they kind of, like, them two guys finished up. Then the Rock's music hit. Like, like I, I'm thinking, like I had seen online that the Rock was in New Orleans, right? But, but at the same time, I had been seeing a whole lot of stuff about CM Punk being in New Orleans. So you can't really take that for granted. And and I'm guessing a lot of the people there didn't know that the Rock was even in town or anything because uh, some of the looks on the faces that I saw, they were like. It would, they were like beyond surprised and excited. And then, and then that place, like I thought it was loud with Austin. When the Rocks music hit, people got like even louder. Wow, dude. I, I mean, my TV speakers blew when the Rock, if you smell, it was like instantly, you couldn't even hear the word smell. At, it was just, if you, people knew exactly it was the Rock, and I couldn't even hear smell after that. It was ridiculous, dude. Yeah, I, I'm. I bet it was you that was screaming. That's why you couldn't hear nothing. Hell yeah, son. And what I love is he comes in and again, corrects Hulk Hogan, but he does in such a loving way. And the best part for me is he's like, I got my best friend on one side and my childhood hero on the other. That was so awesome, dude. It was oh, so good, man. And this lasted 27 minutes. Just them basically BSing together. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was in my opinion, the best opening to a WrestleMania. Well, I, I don't know if it was because I was there, but like out of all the WrestleManias I've seen, this was for the for talking and just talking alone. It was the best opening I've ever seen. Like every single Raw starts out with twenty minutes of talking, and it gets. I mean, they're setting up the night, but these guys, like The Rock, really put over Steve Austin and, and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and I, he he didn't even. I mean, he kind of put himself over too with the whole rock babies, and uh, all, <laughs> and it, it was it was solid. I think all three other that well, Hogan goofed up, but he corrected it. All three ended up, you know, really coming around, and and it really set the precedent for the night. You know, I, I have to agree a hundred percent. And what I really love is when he's like the the rock beating Jabroni beat it, and he kept going, and he didn't lose his breath. He just kept going. The rock beating pie eating. You know, he, I, man, I can't even remember what he was saying. Eventually ended it with Silverdome. And it was like, if you, you know, if you smell what the rock is cooking, I mean, it was crazy. All three of them did their catchphrases, but I thought he was going to run out of breath because he just kept going and going and going. It was crazy, man. I loved it. Yeah. He's a professional. Yeah. 
it, it was it was really good. It, it, it really just set the night up. So then, uh, then yeah. we then we get the Daniel Bryan Triple H fight, which this did not surprise me because immediately I told my girls, I said, look. We all know that Daniel Bryan is going to win. And the reason why this is the first match is they need Daniel Bryan to be rested up for the main event tonight. Yep, yep. There'd be, I thought if they don't put it on first, it's going to be the second match. But honestly, they didn't have a huge card. They only had eight matches total. So I thought if they, if they don't put this one on first, then they'll put the Shield match on, on first, and this one will come second. But yeah, they started off with a bang with the... Uh, with uh, I'm surprised Triple H wanted to go so early in the night just because he likes to be one of the last matches. But you know, obviously your your guy needs to be rested up for the last match too. So now I love the fact they brought back his real music because I hate his new song. It's real stupid. But it, hearing the game was excellent. But he comes out looking like Skeletor. I'm like, seriously, you look like an idiot, dude. He had that entrance. Uh, couple years ago actually he used that same like i don't remember if it was a throne but uh he came out with all that gear and the looking like yeah it is is weird but i don't know he's he's it's all his ego you know <laughs> that's all that was and i mean it's it's fine it's fine i, I figured every entrance would probably last about five ten minutes for each guy anyways so yeah and now i mean my wife I can't express to you in words her hatred to Triple H. She's hated him since day one. And my wife has been a bigger has been a wrestling fan longer than I have. So I can't express with words how much she hates this guy. Yeah, I don't mind him. I I actually didn't like him when he when I when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I didn't oh, yeah. like that gimmick, but ever since he was with DX, I've liked him ever since. And I've even kind of liked him. During this whole Daniel Bryan thing, yeah, he's he I, he's just I don't I don't like his ego like w- with what happens backstage and yeah, like that, but I don't I like him as a wrestler. I think he's solid. At his age, he can still go and he still he doesn't he, he still looks good, you know. Like overall, he just looks solid. Yeah, you know, jumping ahead just a little bit, and we'll get to when we get there. But last night's uh, kind of five months of of Daniel Bryan's story. I was like, this actually was very well told. It was actually calculated very well. And I actually thought they did an excellent job telling this Daniel Bryan Triple H story for five months. I have to give WWE major props for being able to successfully pull this off. I I really do, man. I, it was a excellent how they pulled it off. So, How much crap did we give them? We did, especially five- me. Yeah, five months ago, we were like, this is horrible. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, if you look at the original WrestleMania plans, it wasn't going to be Daniel Bryan Triple H. So for, for a last minute fix, they really sealed the story. So, you know, you got to give WWE credit, but I think you also need to give CM Punk credit for leaving or you wouldn't have seen this this feud end. Right. It was. Rock versus Brock was supposed to be here. Rock got hurt last WrestleMania, so that ended that storyline. Yep. And and I mean, you're right. They've changed. This was shaping up to be a terrible WrestleMania. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it was going to be Rock versus Brock. It was going to be, um, well, I don't know who the Undertaker was going to go against. Um, I can't remember now. But it was it was either it was either going to be Brock Lesnar or uh, who was the other guy that they were. 
throwing around. Sting? Well, yeah, if Sting actually signed, but... It, it, and then it was going to be CM Punk and Triple H and, you know, Daniel Bryan, I think they would have... He would have somehow got into the main event in a different way, but, you know, if CM Punk had left, it, that kind of changed everything, and that gave us, you know, the, the final... This way they got Daniel Bryan to finish with Triple H, that storyline, and still continue on to, you know... Bigger and better things, right. Now, for this match... Daniel Bryan, of course, won because whoever won this match got to be the third spot in the WWE Heavyweight Championship Triple Threat match. We all knew Daniel Bryan was going to win. It was just a matter of him doing it. And the biggest reaction on Facebook and Twitter was the fact that Daniel Bryan kicked out of Triple H's finishing move, which is the pedigree. Right. Uh, I expected Triple H will not do a match if he doesn't get to put his finisher in there uh either way you know he's given it to the undertaker and he's kicked out of it in the past so i knew i I knew daniel ryan would have to would he'd get hit with it at least twice and he'd kick out of it both times or there'd be a run-in or something so um but yeah being there live uh triple h got cheers you know when he didn't get a lot of booze which i was kind of surprised but uh when daniel ryan's music hit I was just waiting for it. I had my camera ready for the, uh, you know, the 75 or whatever thousand fans all going. Yes. That was pretty amazing to just look around at that dome and see everywhere you look arms going up and down. It was crazy. How loud was it? Uh, it, it was stone cold Steve Austin loud. Okay. So essentially rock got the loudest of everybody. Well, let's get to the, okay. Well, let's continue on. Through okay. The- fair enough. And I'll tell you the loudest point of the night. Okay, sounds good. All right, so yeah, this was a tw- this match lasted 26 minutes and 47 seconds. Really good, of course. They had to injure him more to jack him up for the main event. Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, they what they do? They got like uh, they jacked up his shoulder more. They used the uh, what did they do? They uh, after the match, Triple H attacked Daniel Bryan again. Well, first Stephanie McMahon walks in the ring and slaps him about six times or so. Right. And uh, then Triple H hits him from behind, drags him over, puts his arm, uh, smashes it on the uh, the post, and then grabs a chair and and hits his arm between the the chair and the post, basically. Got it. And uh, that was supposed to like injure him more, which I think we all kind of figured would probably happen anyways. Right. Uh, just to you know, just to make the the main event that much more dramatic. Um, so then, Triple H leaves. Then he's getting a lot of booze for that. Um, and and Daniel Bryan was was like kind of helped out by referees and whatever else. So now, quick question: How long did it take them to clean up the beer before they got to the Daniel Bryan match? Honestly, I I saw all that beer on the uh, on the mat, and when when Triple H came out, it was gone. And so it was, it was, they cleaned it up during his entrance. I'm, I'm thinking. So it didn't take long at all. I don't know how they cleaned it up so fast, but do you think they had a special mat for the beer? Cause they knew that was going to happen and then just pull it off. It's possible. I wasn't watching the ring at the time I was watching Triple H's entrance. So. Fair, fair enough. Okay. So let's get to the shortest match of the night surprisingly three minutes and six seconds long the shield shortest match ever i think even on raw they have longer matches than this 
Yeah, I was shocked that they gave the Shield such a short match. Like I thought, because the Shield can perform, uh, these guys, all three of them are are rock solid. Kane's always good. The New Age Outlaws always bring their A game. I figured this is going to be a 15 minute match, so I was like, "Well, let me go." Now. You know, I, I hear the "Oh, you didn't know." Hell yeah! And then I heard them starting to talk, and then I heard the Shields music, and I was like, "All right, as you know, they'll have to get Kane down here and all that." So I've got time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> the match, dumbass. You know, when I was, I was, I was actually mid pee, and I hear the. <laughs> I hear Big Show's music, so that gives you how long I was in the bathroom. I mean, wow, it, it was it was crazy. So I missed that entire match, the entire thing. So I have to watch the event back to see that one. And here's what's sad, and I I really hate to admit this live on the podcast. I cannot tell you what happened during this match because it was so fast, and I think I was trying to get a piece of pizza. And by the time I came, because here's the thing with the WWE network, with all the fears of millions upon millions of people on this, I didn't pause it once. I didn't rewind. I didn't fast forward. I didn't pause. I let it play. So I said, if anything happens, I'm going to have to rewind at the end of this. I didn't want to screw up the feed because already I had sound issues at the pre-show. So when I came back, they had the match was over. I had no idea what the hell happened during this match. Yeah, no, me either. So yeah, I, yeah. We can't really talk about it other than I know the Shield won because I heard that music. Then I hear Big Show's music. Then I hear Seamus's music. And then about two minutes later, I was finally back in my seat. So, yeah. and, and your girlfriend couldn't tell you what happened, right? Uh, I don't believe she was watching. I think she watched the Triple H up through the Triple H Daniel Bryan match. And then I noticed on Facebook uh, a post that said bored. Oh, so I'm assuming she walked away after that match. I think she thought she'd watch the beginning to see if she could see me. But, you know, that place is huge. We would have never we would have never been on camera anyways, because we were right in front of us or to our little to our right. But literally like 10 feet from us was the uh, the pre-show stage. And uh, so Booker T and Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley and uh, Jimmy Hart and Trish Stratus and uh Whoever that football guy, Merriman or whatever. Yeah. They were all like hanging out like right there. So uh, I actually got some video, which oh, I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. Sounds good. So, yeah, this is the big, this is the introduction of 30. It was supposed to be 30, but it ended up being 31. Uh, Battle Royale, uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. So essentially, it's kind of like the Royal Rumble. You stick all these guys in the match, and the last one standing is the one that wins. However, at this point, uh, all the men are there in the ring at the same time, and the bell goes off. Um, what did you think of this? And it was kind of weird seeing Brad Maddox. I didn't even know he was in here. I had my little girl tell me that was Brad Maddox that just went over. I was like, he's not in here, and sure enough, he was. So what did you think, sir? Yeah, I think Brad Maddox was a third guy thrown out or something. He was he was right towards the beginning. Um, yeah, he's an NXT guy too, uh, Brad Maddox. Um, it was... It was entertaining. I I was I knew Kofi Kingston as usual would get thrown out and somehow managed to not get eliminated. You know, that was awesome. It always happens, and it's amazing that every single time he comes up with a new way to do that. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, it, uh, otherwise, it's it's really hard to like in in person. It's really hard to keep track because there's so many guys out there all doing their own things. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
Uh, and there's so many guys you can't even see what's going on on the other side unless you're watching the the monitors or the big screens in the arena because uh, you're missing. So if you're missing, if you're watching two guys, you're missing the other, you know, 24 guys or whatever. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of a, a cluster until we were down to like the last six guys, you know? Yeah. And then you can, cause then they're all doing their, they're kind of like either they're all laying down, like four of the guys will be laying, laying down and two guys will be going at it, you know, exactly get, getting in their moves. It, it makes it a little easier. Uh, but it was pretty exciting. People were people were into it. <laughs> now, were you surprised that uh, Big Show did not win this? That was who everybody thought was going to win, and Cesaro uh, is the guy that ended up winning this thing. Were you? I mean, I was shocked. I had predicted that Big Show was going to win. At this point, uh, my predictions on the face versus heel, uh, you know, Facebook group. This is where I started losing. I had Big Show. I think everybody had Big Show. I don't think anybody had Cesaro. So kind of shocking, but still cool at the same time. Yeah, I'm actually pulling up the thing. Uh, everyone had, okay, there's a few people that had, one guy had Sheamus, or that was Jameson had Sheamus. Your listeners know who Jameson is. Yes. Um, one guy had Titus O'Neil, and another guy had, uh, well, no, he wasn't part of Biggie Langston. Everyone else had Big Show. Um, yeah, every, every uh, he was the favorite going into it, and I, I think that's good. I'm glad it was it was uh, Big Show and Cesaro the last two in there. Um, I was kind of surprised Del Rio was in there for so long though. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought he would have been out of there quite a bit sooner. I figured Ziggler would would stay as long as he did. I figured Kingston would stay. As, you know, he'd be right there. Um, and it was cool. It's kind of like a, a callback to. Uh, Andre the Giant getting thrown out. They kind of had a little, you know, kind of old school reminiscent picture of when Cesaro picks up Big Show and throws him out. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that I saw that picture today. Actually, the uh, the side by side of Hogan picking up Andre the Giant and Cesaro picking up uh, Big Show. If if you didn't know, it, it would look like they they faked that photo. It, it's it's pretty much identical with two different guys or four different guys doing it. You know. Wow. Um. And, and yeah, uh, when uh, Cesaro, when he was giving them uppercuts, and everyone was behind Cesaro at the, you know, at this point, after the whole pre-show fiasco with Jack Stinker, um, and, and then when he just picked him up and just like, he didn't even no struggle or anything. He just picked him up and tossed him over the top, and that dude's like 400, 500 pounds. So, and he picked him up with ease. I mean, it was, the whole arena went crazy. That was. I want to say that was probably behind like the Daniel Bryan Stone Cold Rock uh, Rock uh, you know explosions in the in the arena. That was probably right there, right behind them. Wow, so. awesome! Now this is this match lasted 13 minutes 58 seconds, so it's the uh, the third longest match of the night. Number one was Daniel Bryan Triple H. Number two was the Usos, and then this would be the third uh, longest match of the night. So then, sir, now we get to something I, I've never done before. We get to the John Cena and Bray Wyatt match. Now, as you know, since I'm the face, technically, uh, of this podcast, you know, I root for the good guy and you're more for rooting for the bad guy. When I put my picks down, that's who I stick with. I've never gone in and updated my picks. 
four hours prior to this pay-per-view, I went in and changed John Cena to Bray Wyatt. And I seriously thought he was going to lose. Based after all the interviews and reports and and predictions, everybody was just like, Bray Wyatt's going to win this. John Cena's won so many. There's no reason for him to win. It's going to go to Bray Wyatt. And it made so much sense to me that I changed it. I was really shocked that he won. I really was. I was too. I I, I honestly... I, I thought there's no reason for Cena to... It doesn't help Cena to win this match. It doesn't hurt Cena to to have lost that match. It, it just it doesn't do anything for Cena. The guy that needed to get over here was Wyatt, the, the Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I was shocked too. And... I mean, now with this match, did you like how they were trying to make Cena? Because I questioned on the face versus heel, you know, group. I was like, Cena turning heel, and everybody's like, ah, you know, because they're toying with that. You know, hit me in the face with the chair, and you could just see it in his face. I like a lot of people said they really liked the story of what they were trying to do of making Cena go against himself. I thought that was kind of cool. I actually enjoyed what they were doing. Uh, but again, I thought Cena was going to lose. So how, how did you like this match? Cause I know, you know, you're not a Cena fan, but just watching it unfold. What did you think? Oh, I knew he wasn't going to hit him with the chair. Cena's too much of a wuss. When I was, I can't say a wuss. He's, he's a fa- He's a kid fan favorite. And, uh, that just, does, they, and they're going to tease that, that heel turn all the time. But you know, I, I don't think you're going to see that heel turn for, well, I guess I can talk about when I think you may actually see a heel turn with Cena, and, and it'd be the only way you'd be able to make the storyline work. But it's with a whole different situation we'll talk talk about, I guess, towards the end. Okay, um, sounds good. But yeah, he... I don't know, people were cheering for him to hit hit him with the chair because I think the fans want to see him turn heel so bad. And, and, you know, in order to get people to stop saying Cena sucks, he's going to need to do a heel turn at some point. That's what people want, and but it also hurts his. And we've gone over this. It hurts his his whole kid fan base. The the make a wish, you know, all that. Yeah, he's been a he's been a hill, I believe, or, or face longer than anybody. I mean, he's going on eleven consecutive years without changing, and I mean, even yeah, even the Rock changed twice within that time period. So I think Hogan went. A solid fifteen or twenty years of the until he until he went to the NWO and became a bad guy. Hogan was always a good guy. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I don't know how long that lasted. That that run. It was from eighty something to. When did that happen in 90? You know, I should know this because, you know, I love the countdown of WWE Network. I think it's excellent. And they just talked about this about when Hogan turned, you know, like the biggest backs. It was the countdown of like biggest backstabs in WWE. And this was on there, Hogan turning his back on the WWE. And they said the year it happened. I can't remember, man. That's okay. Yeah. But anyways, John Cena won, surprisingly, uh, very shocking. But, you know, there it is. It was about 22 minutes uh, of, a, of a match. No interference, surprisingly. And now I hate the Wyatt song. I, I like the whole like them blacking things out and their, their creepiness factor. But I'm not a fan of the song. So what would you think of it live? Uh, 
don't ever do it live again. It, <laughs> it, it was, I, I would have much preferred just the, uh, you know, the finished audio track that they always use for his entrance. I, I, I think they were trying to add to it and I knew they were going to do his song live. Uh, it just, to me, it just didn't, it wasn't that great. And isn't it funny that, you know, when we first started this show, I had so much hatred towards CM Punk and it was when I heard his song played live is when I started to change my perspective on him because it was just like, wow, this song is so amazing. And I was like, bunch of black dudes sing this song. How awesome is that, you know? And it's funny how a song can help change your perspective on a character. And this doesn't help me at all. I'm just like, it sounds even worse. So, Yeah, well, the the live performance doesn't change my uh, the fact that I like the, the Wyatts. I, I still like them. It just the song. I don't think it enhanced their entrance at all because they're creepy. It's supposed to be completely dark, and they're supposed to be walking down the aisle with their little lantern. And instead, you've got this band over here. You can barely see them because it's so dark in the arena. They got a couple flames to like light them up, and and the guy wasn't. I mean, he was singing the song, which you know everything's a little different live, and, and so it just I don't know. Now here's the thing, I. Even though I don't like the Wyatts, I definitely think they're unique. I think they're fresh blood in the WWE. I see why people love them. I really can't say anything bad about them. Because you know how me and you, we rip on the real Americans and all that stuff. Here's what I will say, though, that just really rubs me the wrong way. The whole, he's got the whole world in his hands. I, I'm sorry, man. I don't know why they're doing that and why it's, it's like this. Like when I watch Halloween and I hear Mr. Sandman, that song is not supposed to be freaky and creepy, but now it is because of that movie. And now you're supposed to, you're taking this song and now it's almost creep factor, which is terrible. And I think that's the point, but it just rubs me the wrong way and I don't know why. You know, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, people, I see, I guess they're loving it. I don't know, man. I don't know either, honestly. I, does it bother you? Do you care? I mean... No, I really don't care. I mean... It's just so weird, man. It takes such a simple, like, beloved song and make it creepy. I don't know, man. I, these guys are supposed to be, what, a cult or something, man? I, besides the fact they don't take a shower, I don't know, man. These guys are just... Ugh. Well, they... Okay. They do shower, but their their look definitely makes them seem as though they're... They're straight out of the bayou, the swamps, and, and you know, they're hillbillies or Duck Dynasty guys or whatever. But, you know, okay, I like the song. I like everything about the Wyatts. I like the creepy factor. I I, I, I dig them. I dig the beards. I dig the, the whole, just the whole, like, weirdness about them. Because we don't have anybody else like that right now. It, it, I agree. Just, it's something different. And it is. It's, they're more for the... The adult viewers, where John Cena, the Los Matadores, they're for the kids. You know what I mean? And yeah, see, yeah. So you got to have something for the adults, and that's this is the adult uh, trio, I guess. And don't get me wrong, if they were to leave today, I think there would be a hole in WWE. I I don't, even though I I hate these guys, it's more of a hate because it's like I love to hate them versus like Jack Swagger. I hate because he's just, he's terrible. He's a piece of crap, just like Batista and just like, uh, you know, uh, Ryback. 
I hate them because they're terrible. They're just pieces of crap versus the Wyatt family. They're actually very good wrestlers. They're creepy, but I love to hate them. And that's a good thing. That's what you want, you know? And two of them guys are like almost seven foot. Both them, the other guys. Luke Harper, Eric Rohner. Yeah. Yeah. And them guys are agile. They jump out of the ring. They're going through the ropes. I mean, these guys can move for some big guys. Like that. that's what's so crazy to me is how big they are and how risk taking and, and doing like high flying moves for such big guys. You usually don't see big guys do high flying moves. So, yeah. So 22 minutes is how long that lasted. So, all right, man, let's talk about the, I believe, and it, many people believe the most shocking event in WWE history. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I would say that, dude. Uh, well, I don't. I don't want to give it all away just until we get to that point. Okay, but, but all right. So here's the thing. So the Undertaker comes out. I I agree 100%. They haven't built this thing up. This whole you know WWE was disappointed at the storyline being built for Brock Lesnar and Undertaker. I I agree 100%. I was not expecting Undertaker to lose, but let me say this. This is the only match I fell asleep in. I was so bored watching this match, and I think it's just because I knew The Undertaker was going to win. The Undertaker came out looking super tired. This guy just looked exhausted. Like he was just tired as in emotionally, mentally, just the whole works. So I don't know, man. It I don't know if it may be because I didn't sleep the night before, but I, I honestly fell asleep for three minutes during this match. Wow. I did. And that's a bad thing to say. But overall, I mean, I was entertained. But obviously, I was awake for the moment that things went down. So you tell me, sir, from your perspective, how did things go down uh, live and, and your thoughts in this match and so on and so forth? All right. Um, well, first, Lesnar comes out with uh, Paul Heyman. Lots of booze. Um, mixed cheers in there, though. Uh, Lesnar does have a following. And I, well, I think Paul Heyman has a following as well. So uh, he gets down to the ring. And, and you know, I, everyone's waiting for The Undertaker because every entrance is, is so such a big spectacle and, you know, all this. And I was shocked at how pathetic the entrance was. It was... At least from my what I saw, I was expecting you know all these young guys that always walk out with the uh, you know the torches or whatever. I was expecting something big and spectacle, and it was really nothing. It was a little bit of smoke, and he just walked out real slow down to the ring. And you know, obviously, I'm not seeing close ups or whatever, but right like, like you guys are on the network, but it it just seemed kind of lackluster from what I've was expecting i was like yeah that's what set the tone for me i think it's just like wow there's like no emphasis in this introduction and and i guess it, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. when you go back and, and you start thinking about you know the build-up the you know the, the build-up with the weeks before the the actual entrances you you could you could see they were telegraphing this yeah. and they actually it's crazy that they actually could get because well we'll get there but yeah so he comes out and it's just it's domination by Brock Lesnar I don't I honestly can't remember the Undertaker getting him he got a few things in he never even got his tombstone in I wanted to see if he I wanted to see him 
hit that, and I wanted to see Lesnar kick out. I wanted to see uh, Le- Lesnar did uh, hit a, hit the Undertaker with the F five, I think, twice, and he and kicked out it, both times. He did get the tombstone though, but then he kicked out. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he did. He did get the tombstone, and then it, he stuck his tongue out. The two, he kicked out at two, and he was shocked. And at that point, that's when things started going downhill. Yeah, that's right. Now I remember that. Yeah, he did hit the tombstone. Um, but I think the thing I was looking for, I was waiting for uh, the Undertaker to get Lesnar into a submission, and, uh, and and I wanted to see Lesnar tap out. I thought that would have been a perfect finish. It probably would have weakened Lesnar a little bit. Um, but yeah, then uh, you, you want to talk about an arena that was, they were kind of down, but I think everybody was expecting, everyone was waiting to cheer for the undertaker to win. You know what I mean? Exactly. Everyone was telegraphing that there may have been three people in that entire place that actually thought Lesnar was going to win this match. You'll, you'll hear after the fact, Oh yeah, I knew he was going to win. I knew he was going to win BS. Nobody in that arena thought Lesnar was going to win this match. Nobody at home thought Lesnar was going to win this match. Not a single person that chimed in for our predictions thought Lesnar was going to win. And no one thought that was going to happen. Um, and and it, it, when, when that referee hit, that, hit the third thing, the, the faces, you should, the, the gasps, I would say the gasps, if you could take the level of gas, like if you could just do sound of gasps and, and put it to the loudness of cheers when The Rock came out, they would be equal. It, it, it was shocking. Then the oh. then the the BS chance started. P- people there were people crying. Uh, tons of people got up and were headed to the like you know I, I don't know if they left, but people were getting up and walking out. Um, I saw people crying. My obviously the famous picture is that black guy in front with the glasses, with the way his mouth is open. It's like all over the internet. I I post it all the time on Facebook. But you could just see like girls saying "What the f?" and "Oh my god!" and you know even little kids just like you know dropping their mouth. But I, it sound I felt like there's a pin drop. Like you couldn't you could hear a pin drop in that place. Like there was no music. The announcers didn't say a damn word. And it, even like Paul Heyman was like, what did you just do? It, I almost felt for a second like he wasn't supposed to do that. Like it was an accident. And I almost thought to myself, I was like, what if The Undertaker actually loses this? But then when you watch it back, you can hear him say, you know, F5 me, count to three. It's like you can you can hear that now. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, after the fact, you hear about, you know, he had concussion or whatever, and he got that earlier in the match. I do think the match was supposed to go longer. Uh, and, and I see, I'm still on the fence with this. WWE is saying that, yes, they had this planned. Only a few people knew about it. I still think I think WWE had it planned. But I also think. It was early because I agree. I agree. It should have been longer. I, I, I don't, I, well, the match obviously was supposed to go longer, but I, I think they have, I think they're ready. And I think they've done this every year. They've been ready with both scenarios. I think the undertaker says, you know, basically WWE says it's up to you. You decide they prepare for the streak to end. They prepare for the streak to keep going. And the undertaker, it's, it's up to him. Final minute in the ring. I think he calls it. 
if he wants to lose, he's going to lose. If he wants to win, the guy's on board with winning. I think every Undertaker match for the last 22 years, they've gone into it with the Undertaker will win this match. And then the Undertaker will call it at that point. Well, maybe not way back when it, but once they started focusing on the streak. Yeah. So I, I still, agree. He ended this on his own terms. I agree 100%. I, I still think he was probably for, forecasted to win this match, but just, just decided mid match. I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he and, looked tired, dude. He really did, man. Just emotionally, physically, Mentally, I, I do. I really do, man. I think he was just like, "I'm done. I am." Yeah, it, 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 you could, you could feel it. Almost, it was very. It was one of the only times I've ever been uncomfortable at a wrestling event. It was very uncomfortable for probably all the way through the Divas match. Honestly, it was uncomfortable. Like you could just, it, it was, it was awkward. It was really awkward. Everyone was just like. They they were more minds were blown right there than I, I think like you know since like nine eleven honestly it was like people were just yeah beside themselves they could not wrap their mind and I think a lot of it was they were shocked that they almost I think everyone thought like something must have happened because that wasn't supposed to happen agree I mean, agree <laughs> because even Paul Heyman seemed like. What did you just do? As in, like, like for real, like, you weren't supposed to do that kind of thing, you right. know? And, and Heyman's a good actor, but this is the one time I don't think Paul Heyman knew about it. I don't think he knew about it. I don't think he thought that was supposed to happen either. I think the only people that knew was Undertaker, Triple H, Vince McMahon, and, and, Les- and, and what? I, I think Brock Lesnar knew, too. You think so? I, I well, because Undertaker and Lesnar are good friends. So I, I think there had been a discussion and there'd obviously been an agreement that this could go either way, but we'll call it in the ring. And I still think that's how I, I think we want it. I think they were planning on it. They were planning on whatever happening, but the Undertaker, it boils down to him in the ring, whatever he wants to do. They're ready for both situations. And I, I guarantee, I bet you Triple H knew, Vince McMahon knew, Obviously, they they have to have the 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 twenty one and one and the twenty two and zero cards ready to throw up on the on the TVs and all that in the arena. They got to have that stuff ready, but no one actually knew, and that's why the, I think that's why there was such a delay in the music. There was such a delay in the announcer announcing it. I don't even think the announcer knew. Uh, obviously, Michael Cole, JBL, and J- Jerry Lawler didn't know um, because. You know, that's there was like what maybe uh, thirty seconds with uh, with nothing. Exactly, e- easily thirty seconds before you actually heard. We just witnessed. You know, yeah. And, what and, what did we witness? Is this really happening? Yeah. Right, and 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 that's that's mainly. I think that was mainly because, um, well, for one, it may have not been supposed to happen, but it also was not supposed to end that quick. I think they were. They were expecting this match to maybe go another ten minutes or so. You know what I mean? I think there was, I think there was more planned out, and they expected, you know, a how long was this match? Did you have that? Twenty-five minutes and twenty-five seconds. I've got, and I think that's from beginning to end. With with entrances too, or just the match? 
I think if the shield is three minutes and six seconds, it has to be match time. So, yeah, it's match time. 25 minutes, 25 seconds. Okay, so maybe they were at their point, but it's usually they wouldn't give them more than 30 minutes to go out there. But uh, I was thinking they probably had 30-minute match time, so there was maybe five more minutes to go. This was the second longest match of the night. Honestly, the, the Undertaker looked gassed right from the beginning, so it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I guess maybe we should talk about what we think about the streak ending because I know a lot of people are going to want to hear about that. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Sting coming back for like the, you know, WrestleMania 31, and he's like, well, 31's my, you know, my, you know, my magic number. Here's kind of my thing. I think The Undertaker is done. I think he's retired, but let's just say he comes back for one more match. I think this is a good thing because now he no longer has to worry about that streak. It can now be icon versus legend. You know, if it's Sting versus Undertaker, he no longer. It's just like you know, icon versus icon match. There was no stakes involved. It was just a a match you wanted to see. So I think Undertaker now doesn't have to have that over his head, and I think he's happy it's over. To be honest with you. I agree. I, I like the idea of Icon versus Icon, but honestly, after seeing Undertaker at WrestleMania, I would just assume that be his last match. Honestly, I don't. I don't even want to see him uh, struggle or prep for another match. I just. I would just assume he he make appearances or whatever, get inducted into the Hall of Fame, be a character, but stay out of the ring wrestling. I just think he's. It's time. Um, I, I agree. The other thing. A lot of people were pissed because the streak should have never ended, yada, yada, yada. This is why the streak had to end, because the streak was bigger than the belt. And no no organization ever should a guy's record at at one event a year be more important than your championship title, ever. And and it was more important. It, it was becoming more and more important than any anything else that could be at WrestleMania. You know and, what I mean? And, and yeah, the streak itself is bigger than the Undertaker himself. Well, it was. It's not anymore. But and, you know what I mean, though. The streak itself is on a pedestal, and the Undertaker is below the pedestal. Right. If that makes sense, it's like the. St- Everybody loved The Undertaker, and the past few years, the streak is more important than The Undertaker. Yeah, and, and it, well, yeah, it's bigger than the belt. I mean, yeah, honestly, would you, if you had a choice, you could watch one match, and it was The Undertaker defending his streak or Randy Orton defending his title. Which one are you going to pick? It was the streak. Yeah, you would pick that every year. Yeah, or whoever was in the championship match. Now. So there's a lot of things that happen here. Everyone's pissed because why Brock Lesnar then? Well, yeah, he is a part-timer, but is there anybody else on that roster that legitimately uh, you would be scared of? If, if you, ha- you know what I mean? Like Other than the Wyatts, but they obviously don't carry the same whatever. I also think they, the thought was you give it to Brock Lesnar because there's been a lot of talk he wants to go back to the UFC. How do you keep Brock Lesnar? Well, you let him take the streak. Now you're going to go back to the UFC. It's kind of like we just gave you uh, the holy grail of WWE. You better stay. Good so they, point. I think they're trying to, they want to convince uh, Lesnar to not switch leagues or whatever. Um, and it was just too big. And, and they needed to make the belt has to mean something. And, and the belt didn't, I mean, it got a little better when they kind of combined the two. 
but Orton wasn't doing it, and and Batista wouldn't have done it, and and by eventually giving Brian the belt, and the streak's gone now. Where's the focus going to be now? Every WrestleMania going forward, it's going to be on the belt rather than the streak. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. And then uh, with Sting coming back, I, I guess I'm not opposed to Undertaker and Sting. I, I do like the idea of Icon versus Icon, but I the only other like there's a lot of talk going that this will be Sting's last match. It'll be a retirement type match. Well, who better to put him in that match with? than Cena, your your current Hulk Hogan. I, I see that being the only guy Sting could face other than The Undertaker that would be a career match. He Cena's, you know, they, they're not going to put Sting against Daniel Bryan. There'd be no point in it. Everyone knows Sting wouldn't go on and wrestle after that. Uh, and Cena's the only guy that I think, besides The Undertaker, that could put Sting into retirement. But you got to have a bad guy, and Sting's not going to want to go out on a bad note. So this may be where your heel turn for Cena comes in. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, because you got to make Sting the good guy. But and here's the thing: the way they've done it, with, they have these guys that are in between. They, they they get their cheers, they get their boost. Cena's always had both. He's going to have to be the bad guy in that, and, and maybe he's maybe that's not even what they're thinking. But I don't know who else on that roster. They're not going to put Lesnar versus Sting. That would be stupid. Unless they want to do a, a, what, an icon killer or something like well, that. Well, the last time that Rock and Cena went against each other, Cena was kind of more the bad guy in the situation. More people were for Rock. It seemed like Rock was more the good guy and Cena was actually becoming more of the bad guy in that situation. So, Yeah, so you've, you saw it there. It works. And I think you're going to get the same deal with Sting. It's, it, I don't know who else you'd put up with Sting to to really sell that storyline. It only makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough, man. Um, I, I have to admit, you know, the next match, I think any match after The Undertaker was going to be devastating. I, I actually wonder if this Divas Championship match would have been prior to Undertaker if it would have been received better. I think they put that there because they weren't sure what the outcome was. If the Undertaker would have won, this match would have been the same blah match that it was. Regardless, now, the fact that it was there and Undertaker lost, no one was even paying attention. So that it was a it was a calm down period no matter what. Either way, it would have served the same purpose. It would have been the calm down before your big main event. And and that that's the reason you didn't put Paige in that match at WrestleMania and she took care of that on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, thank God. Woohoo. If they would have gave anybody else that Divas title, no one would have gave two jiggles of a jackrabbit's ass because you know, it, it just no one cared at that moment. They were all still too much in shock. So. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, man. And uh, what I saw, AJ Lee actually took Naomi's arm and forced her to tap out. Like, she wasn't tapping out, and she cheated, and she grabbed her arm because I watched it. Number one, her blouse broke open, so she was trying to hold her boobs in place. But number two, I saw her hand. She wasn't tapping, and AJ took her hand and was tapping it. And nobody called that. Nobody said, you know, disqualification or anything. But they never brought it up on Monday Night Raw, so I guess it is what it is. So, Yeah, I did see that, too. And 
I, yeah, I saw her take, uh, take her hand and tap. And I did, I, I thought, uh, Vicky Guerrero was going to say, no, restart the match or whatever. And they didn't do that. So I'm almost wondering if, if maybe that wasn't planned either, or if, uh, you know, like maybe that match even changed what was supposed to happen based on the previous match. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it lasted for almost eight minutes long, so which is usually longer than most of these diva matches. You know, I know they're trying to they're trying to do a good job of of getting people interested. I mean, let's be honest. If we didn't have Total Divas, that TV show the divas would not even be on Monday night raw every single Monday. They'd be probably wrestling once a month, but it's because of total divas that they even have a chance now. And some of them are really good and some of them are really terrible, but at least they're trying to do something. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get a Lita division again. That's in the past, but at least with the Bella twins, you know, at least they're entertaining. I think it's awesome with this new girl from NXT. I think she's going to rack some things up. So, you know, it is. Have you ever seen, have you seen Paige down at NXT? I know my friend absolutely loves her and says she's great. And she's the youngest Divas champion and the first person to hold a WWE title while being in NXT. Honestly, the only person I will ever cheer for in this current group of women that are wrestling over AJ Lee would be Paige. Uh, she's the only one that is probably better wrestler than yeah. AJ Lee. And none of the others can even really compare to AJ Lee in the the overall aspect of, of playing the character, doing the moves, knowing moves, knowing how to sell all the whole the whole package, Paige can do all of that. And I, I'm shocked that they gave it to Paige, you know, out of nowhere. But at the, like I said, it could have been that AJ was supposed to lose at WrestleMania, but you don't want her to lose that title after the undertaker just lost it would have whoever won would have been overshadowed so much that it wouldn't have mattered so that's why i'm wondering if yeah if they didn't tell any of the other girls that they told aj you're going to get her in this move which was supposed to happen and that's why she forced the tap out rather than uh you know maybe naomi was supposed to like get out of that i don't i don't know how much of that could be true but i just kind of think that yeah that makes sense and so you think she like she's better than the bella twins I think they're good. I think they they got pretty faces, but no, they don't know they don't know the moves like AJ does. I mean, they're they're. I mean, good. you said that Paige is better than the Bella oh, Twins. I thought you were talking about AJ. Yeah, I I think I think so. Paige is she's rock solid. Go back and look at the uh, NXT stuff on the network and just okay. Well, watch her match at uh, NXT Arrival, their first big pay per view when the network launched. Okay, she's she's rock solid. So excellent. I think she deserves both belts. I, I still kind of think that AJ is being punished for CM Punk. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of the the best highlights of of last night was the fact that she came in and won that. I mean, clearly when she gave up, oh, this will be a championship. You knew she was going to win, but it was still a, like very cool, you know. So. Yeah, good times. All right, so the final match, uh, dude, this was I, the best match of the night, hands down, man. This was intense and crazy, considering the fact that I hate two of these guys in this match. I thought it was an excellent match. 
My favorite part has, and I don't know how you feel if it was your favorite or not, but my favorite moment is when Batista is going to give the power bomb to uh, Daniel Bryan through the table and Randy Orton lands on a monitor and cuts open his back. That was my favorite moment, dude. That was a major flub. Randy Orton, well, I mean, that was, they obviously had that planned, but what happened there was uh, either Batista went too too fast on the power bomb or Randy Orton was behind schedule on, on getting the, uh, what's his move called? Uh, RKO. Yeah. Getting the RKO on, uh, well, like the backwards RKO. It would have been on, uh, Daniel Bryan. He was behind. And I honestly thought because he was behind, he didn't cradle Bryan who went through that table really, really hard. And, and I think with Orton's arm, it was almost in the way rather than, than uh, cradling it to protect it. Right. I, I thought, honestly, that when they started bringing out the stretcher, they had me sold that something went wrong. Because the way Batista was standing around there, he he looked like... Oh, crap. Like, yeah, oh, crap. Uh, like I screwed something up, you know. Yeah, it didn't because normally if they're if they're if it's part of the like everything's okay, he would have got back in the ring and showboated or something. And the fact that yeah, Randy Orton had cut his back up, and yeah, that wasn't supposed to. I don't think that that didn't happen right. And I think there was some there actually was some concern that there was actual injuries there. <coughs> so, um, but yeah, I, everything turned out all right. I I will say that. Uh, Randy Orton's entrance, that the the live the live band for him was much better. I agree. Um, I I was kind of surprised Batista didn't get any fireworks on his entrance because he always gets fireworks on his entrance and he didn't get anything really. Um, oh, I didn't notice that, but now that you mention it, now it, yeah, you're right. Now that I'm thinking back, yeah, I was I was waiting for that because I had my camera going. I was ready to get the big. The, the, like I like how he does like a machine gun type move or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's about the only thing I like about the guy is his entrance. Yeah, I agree 100%. Can't stand the guy. I won't even watch Guardians of the Galaxy because that douchebag is in that movie. Yeah, Drax the Destroyer. Oh, my gosh. And the, the here's the thing. I saw Captain America 2 this weekend, and they played that trailer, and the trailer was so good and so funny. And every time I saw Batista on screen, I was just like, you're the reason why I don't want to watch this movie. Yeah. Terrible. You should just check it out just because. Yeah, I guess. But, man, this match was fantastic. I, I love the way they sold everything, the stretcher thing. I, I honestly thought he was hurt. And then, of course, he does the stupid, I got to get off the stretcher. And then you're like, oh, yeah, clearly Daniel Bryant's going to win this thing. But it was great, man. I, I thought it was a fantastic triple threat match. Really good. Well, I thought... Okay, if this is if the if it's storyline that he's supposed to go off on the stretcher, they'll get all the way to the back, and then these two guys will go at it and wear the wear each other down, and then out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan will come out and and knee one of them right at the end and win. Yeah, I, I thought that's what's going to happen. Well, they didn't even get to the ramp, and he's already trying to get off the thing. So I thought, all right, well, at least the at least he's not hurt. You know, I, as I I thought. For a second there, it wasn't part of the storyline. I thought legitimately he was probably hurt. Yeah, I thought so as well. So I was I was glad when he got off the stretcher, and uh, and you know kept going in the match. But I I do like how they kind of eliminated him for a while, and the two just went at it and wore each other down. Then he kind of came in towards the end still. So 
Uh, yeah, I noticed that as well. I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, they're taking Brian out so these two can go at it for a while and stuff. You know, they, they told the, they did. a. will be honest with you. They did a really good job telling that story. And me personally, I have. Quite a bit more respect for Batista now that he actually. Because I, I could have sworn prior to this match that he was going to win this thing because it was part of his contract that he was supposed to win this belt. And I think that was honestly supposed to happen. And I think they changed their stories, you know, when they decided he was going to face Triple H and then get into the final match. When they were doing all that, I think they probably said, all right, Batista, you're going to get it later on. You've got a three-year contract. You've got plenty of time, you know. Um, But the fact that Batista tapped so Brian could win the match, uh, that I, that I I gave him lots of respect for that because... You know, yeah, he, he, he took that fall for Daniel Bryan too. So yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, I, there's a there's a lot of things he's gonna have to do to to win me over, but I I see where you're coming from. I mean, I can give him a a, a shred of respect for that. So I it's still gonna take a long time for me to like this guy because I I really do think he's a piece of trash. But based on what you said though, it, you do make some good points though. I will give you that. So. Yeah, he'll eventually come around and he'll he'll turn. Well, he was supposed to. He came in as a good guy, a face, and the fans weren't didn't want him to be uh, the champion. They didn't want him to win the rumble. They wanted Brian there, and that's why I think they changed their storyline to fit that. Um, I think it was going to be Batista, though. I think he would have been champion, and and that's all there is to it. But yeah, the fans spoke, and the fans got what they wanted this time. I do think by the time Batista's contract ends, you'll see him as champion. Oh, I agree. But, I mean, let's be honest. It would be suicide if if Bryant was not the WWE champion with thousands of people screaming yes. I mean, you knew that's how it was going to end. You were waiting for that visual, and it would have just been suicide had that not happened. And I'm glad Triple H swallowed his pride and didn't make himself, you know, the the champion because he's always got to be on the top of everything. I'm glad he swallowed his pride and fighting you know this five month story finally paid off. You know so there's a lot of story that can be tell that can be told now because Brian is the champion. So yeah, it it, it, it honestly that was best for business because look at they can go any direction they want really, and uh, yeah it was it was I'm I'm glad Triple H decided to you know take the fall in the first match i knew he was going to come run out and try to interfere in the final in the main event i just knew that was going to happen i'm glad that you know i that whole story even just at wrestlemania played out just perfectly i mean it it was it, it made sense everything that happened and and honestly the biggest pop of the night most cheers was when brian won that belt yeah it did beat the rock i would expect it to to be honest with you i i would hope it would have been in the rock to be honest with you yeah the only thing i can say is for the first time that i've ever you know from watching tv and 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 being in new orleans that i see people getting tired of chanting yes was after 20 minutes of chanting yes after he won the belt people were like like brian was still in the ring trying to like get people going everyone's like we're exhausted. We can't do it anymore. You know, uh, 
people were tired of chanting yes and it wasn't because they did they were done with them but they were just tired like you know i I think it takes a lot out of you dude to do that non-stop yeah Yeah. and and well they yeah he had he celebrated for what 15 minutes especially those fat guys man with all the beers all over man they could barely raise their arm you expect them to do for 20 minutes straight that's more exercise than they had in 20 years yeah exactly it's but yeah it, it was uh it was pretty cool. And when I finally was like walking out of that arena, there was like, if you looked up at the ceiling or, you know, the top of the dome there inside, there was so much confetti still floating around at the top. Like, I bet you right now there's still confetti floating around the top. I don't know if that stuff was ever going to come down there. They had so much of it. Wow. It was, I got, I got some really good pictures, but it was kind of hard for the camera to focus with all that crap just floating around in the air. It, it was really exciting. And it was, it was, uh, probably the best WrestleMania. Well, obviously that I've witnessed cause I've only been to this one in person, but out of all of them, it was, it was probably the best experience. Yeah. You know, overall, man, I, obviously this is better than the train wreck of the Royal rumble, which was just a piece of trash. I honestly said that this WrestleMania from top to bottom overall was easily a 9 out of 10 um, overall rating. Easily. Yeah, it, it was it was solid. I mean, the way I look at it, I got to witness history live. I saw the streak get broken. Uh, I the, mean... The three icons together, first time ever. Yep, them three guys in the ring. The, the promos that they cut were solid. Um, just... Daniel Bryan finally winning the belt, which was was rock solid. You know, you you saw a little bit of everything. Well, with the exception of the Shield, I missed that. But you know, you got to see all the divas. You got to see Cesaro, which was a huge win for him in the Battle Royal. Top to bottom, it was solid. I don't know if I'd give it ten a ten out of ten, but yeah, I could go probably probably nine out of ten on that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I couldn't give it a 10, but I could give it a solid 9. I originally was at 8.5, but I was like, there wasn't a match I didn't like, so I gave it a solid 9. I think the only thing that would make it perfect was, uh, I don't know, man. It's really hard to say for a pay-per-view because usually they're they're pretty cut and dry and kind of lame sometimes, but every match was solid. Uh yeah, nine and a, nine, a solid nine, man. Overall, it's hard to say what would make it a perfect ten. It really is, but I don't know. I thought it was excellent. I think the only thing that could have made it a perfect ten uh, was if the Undertaker came out looking like he did when he wrestled CM Punk, way more into it, and if he would have won that match, that probably would have put it pushed over to a ten for a lot of people. Um, and and then. But you know he he kind of that whole losing, and he just he just looked out of it. You know he just didn't look like he was in it anymore. He yeah, tired. He's just old and tired, yeah. ready to be done. So I think that's what brings it down for me. Um, but I still witnessed history. No one else can say that they were well. Obviously, people that were there can say it. But you know I was there. So exactly, I got to see crazy history be made. So. So, uh, yeah, man, I, as far as raw goes, I'm excited to see, there's a lot of crap that happened last night, new storylines and stuff. And it looks like we're going to get evolution back versus the shield. So that's going to be exciting that alone. So, yeah, I always like the raw after WrestleMania because 
now everything kind of refreshes and you get a whole new set of storylines and and then uh yeah there'll be good times cesaro's a paul Heyman guy now and yeah that's pretty shocking like they, they couldn't have put him with a better guy cesaro needs to be with paul Heyman. Uh, he, he needs someone to talk for him, basically. But but he's just he's a beast enough that you believe it. You know what I mean? You'll believe him with Paul Heyman, him and Brock Lesnar, that little trio. Yeah. I mean, it makes way more sense than Curtis Axel. That was yeah. That was just stupid. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, we got a new Divas champion. Daniel Bryan's still the WWE champion. Uh, yeah, it was a great Raw. It really was, man. I was really excited with it. Um, and Batista and uh, Orton tore up the Usos. Uh, so I don't know, man. It, it just seems like we're headed in a, in a pretty fun direction. I think the rest of 2014 is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at least, at least for the next couple of months. So, is there uh, anything else that you want to talk about, sir? Because uh, I know this is kind of the time that you said we got to get things wrapped up and all that other fun stuff. But I mean, I had a great discussion. It's great getting a live perspective on things. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up? Um, I wish they they would do something with this United States title. I'm tired of seeing it on Ambrose. He's not defending it ever. It doesn't seem like uh, put it on somebody. Make the belt worthwhile if you're going to keep it. Otherwise, join it with the Intercontinental and be done with it. You know, uh, same thing with Langston. I'm kind of upset they didn't have him in his own match at Mania. Uh, start defending these titles. You know, I, I hate seeing the titles not get defended. I, yeah. I, you know, you you combine the two top ones and you're defending them. Well, let's combine these other two then, and or. You know, they don't have to change hands, but stop not, def- you know, I, I understand. Get it off the guy in the shield if you're going to keep the shield together now. Put that title on somebody else that, like Ziggler, even if it's just Ziggler, just because he always puts out a show. Let him have that belt and let him put on a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, speaking of titles, our face versus heel champion is still the champion, Mr. Jason Monday Night Watson. Still our face versus heel champion, man. He is, and uh, he actually wrote us, he wrote in. Yes, he did. What did he have to say, sir? Oh, it's a long one. Oh, Uh, boy, here we go. So bear with me. Let me start it. What's up, Ryan and Masunas? (coughs) Another Mania is in the record books, and I, like many people, are still in shock over what happened Sunday. Mania overall was good. However, it will be remembered for three key moments that will go on. Future all-time favorite Mania moments. Number one. Three icons, one ring. No one ever expected to see Hogan in the WWE ring again, let alone in the ring at the same time as the Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But when it happened, it was epic. And then The Rock joined them, and it was simply amazing. Number two, Brian finally getting his moment. After all the BS Brian has when he, uh, Brian has when he threw in the past year uh, to become the champ, he becomes the champ on the grandest stage of them all and gets his moment that he was so deserving of. But it, in my opinion, got overshadowed by number three. The streak is no more. I, I never would have guessed that this mania would be the mania where the streak would be broken. In hindsight, I have no problem with the streak being broken because we all knew that eventually it would happen, but not like it did and not in a boring match against Brock Lesnar. After all the manias of him wrestling Shawn Michaels, Triple H, CM Punk, and countless others, 
They end the streak on a lackluster match against Brock Lesnar. I was sitting in front of a TV along with everyone else with the mouse, uh, with the mouse wide open sitting there thinking with, uh, with the mouth, he put mouse with the mouth wide open, sitting there thinking that it wasn't real calling BS. But if this was Taker's decision, then he went out on his own terms. He picked Brock Lesnar to end the streak. And I guess that's just something that us wrestling fans are just going to have to uh, accept it. Yep. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. I had some more stuff to say regarding Mr. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, Punk's departure, but I'm not mad about it anymore. If he really got burned out, which I know he was, then I'm cool with, with him leaving. I still have all his matches saved on my computer that I, I can go back and watch, and let's be honest, if he didn't leave, Brian would not be in the position that he's in right now. So in regards, I will say to him, thank you. True enough. Well, I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on everything. I caught you on the, uh, I'll, I'll catch you on the internet, uh, Jason. Well, thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time to hear from you, man. Yeah, as a solid, solid points in that email, and uh, always glad to hear from uh, our champion, I guess. Yeah. So for the new listeners, sir, tell them how things work going forward and all the pay-per-views and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Every pay-per-view, uh, usually two to three days beforehand, I'll put up, maybe even the day before, I'll put up the a picture. I'll, I'll create an album in the in the Facebook group with a picture of each match uh, that's on that card. Um, and what we do is I'll put that, that picture, let's say it'll be John Cena versus whoever. Uh, you, you, you comment on who you want to win. Uh, whether it be Cena or whoever, whoever's in the match, who you, who you think is going to win. What I do is I'll tally all these then um, as they happen during the, during the pay-per-view. Now, with the network, you have no excuse to not watch these pay-per-views now. So uh, in the event that they don't, like we had a lot, of, a lot of times last year where we had matches get added day of or even, you know, 10 minutes before the pay-per-view started. Well, we, we didn't know this, so as we're watching, I would update the facebook page with that match as the, they were coming out as the as it was announced right and then you have literally until the end of that match to get your prediction in if you don't get your prediction in then you're you're counted that one as a loss um what we do then is after all the matches are done uh i'll tally them all up and whoever gets the most right it's all based on the point system should i explain the point system masunas well, I think you should, sir. People need to know how the point system works. All right. It, it's, it gets kind of difficult, but just bear with us. If you need to, just listen to this part over and over and over again until you get it. it it's, here's the basics of it. If you guess the winner of the match, you get a point. If you guess the winner and like the outcome, like if you guess John Cena will win, but so-and-so runs in and hits so-and-so with a chair, and that's going to be how John Cena wins that match. If you guess that and that's actually what happens, you get two points. If, uh, let's see, what was the scenario if you only get a half a point? Oh, if you guess how it's going to end, but the wrong guy, that like you guessed Cena was going to win, but what happens with the chair and all that happens, but Cena loses, then I think you get a half a point. Yeah, it was a half a point, correct. Right, so if you can, if you can guess both how it's going to win and the winner, you're going to get two points. Just the winner, you get one point. Um, or if you say like, uh, 
uh, what was it that like there would be like there would be no winner. It would be a disqualification or no, that's what it was too for the, like if you say Cena's going to win, but Cena wins by DQ or something like that, you get a, I think it's a half a point for that. Right. Um, anyways, we tally all these points and then whoever get the most points, uh, wins, wins the face versus heel prediction championship title. Uh, currently Jason's got it and he's had it for a while and it's been like what four months now yeah he's our longest running guy before that it was jared he had it for two or three months i think and then jason's just had it ever since i i had it i had it the first month that we started this then jared and then watson's kept it the longest yeah yeah you guys call him watson i call him jason uh (laughs) so yeah watson's had it ever since and and, and this shouldn't discourage anybody, but he does have a... When we first started, we had a a, a situation where... Uh, money in the bank. Yeah, he, he basically got the money in the bank opportunity. So if, if he doesn't use it... I mean, I guess if he's still champion come September, uh, we're just going to take it from him. But and, and we'll give it to the next person that that ties the champion or whatever. Cause Hell yeah, I like that idea, son. I mean, but then again, if he, if he loses... He has the opportunity to to use it. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get the title right back. I We haven't had the scenario come up yet, so I'm not 100% sure how we're going to handle it if he does lose the title but wants to use his money in the bank. We'll figure out a way so that both participants, like in this scenario, have an opportunity to, you know, to... Yeah. I, I just want to do like an AJ Lee thing that happened last night do like a quick one two three done i got the champion Woo, run away that's what i want to do uh see <laughs> like here's the thing let's let's say you win at extreme rules the next pay-per-view and 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 watson decides i'm going to use it right now that's not fair to you that he could just take it right back so in that case i'll think of something that'll make it fun and interesting for everyone but something it'll be between you and watson or whoever it's Watson and whoever, whenever he wants to use it, right? And and we'll they'll each get an opportunity to. It's not going to be like oh who's got the better promo or something. No, it'll be like maybe a trivia or something like that, and and uh, you'll have I don't know. We'll figure something out. But, Sounds good. Yeah. Um, come September, if he hasn't used it and he's still champion or whatever, I'm taking it from him. So heck yeah, because that's best for business and. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Just just play along. It makes makes the voting fun. It makes the pay per views fun because oh, and that's the other thing. We did have a guy that actually guessed more right for WrestleMania, but he didn't post his predictions until halfway through Mania. Yep. Which, which technically we could have counted every prediction after that moment, like every match that hadn't happened yet. We could have taken those, and in that respect, he wouldn't have won. But if you take his overall predictions, he would have won. But it was so, too late though. Exactly. So you got to get these in before the pay-per-view starts. If you're start, if you're leaving predictions as the matches are happening, we're not going to count them because we don't know. You know, it's too hard to look at the exact time the match happened and the exact time you're predicting. Get it in before the pay-per-view starts. That's that's basically the one rule. Right. Other than that, that's that's how it works. Yeah. Good stuff. If you want to write in, what's the email address, sir? All right. Get a paper and pen and write this down. Face versus heel. It's spelled out. F-A-C-E-V-E-R-S-U-S-H-E-E-L. 
at gmail.com. I don't know why the hell you had to make it so difficult, man. Uh, I tried every other combination of face versus heel, and they were all taken. So Dang I had it. To, I had to spell the whole thing out like a moron. Dang so. it. <laughs> but there it is. So you can write us in there. And uh, I know we haven't done podcasts for a long time, but uh, we, we got to start trying it. We usually do these at least once a pay-per-view, you know, but we just it's, it's hard to schedule. So we're yeah. trying to do these more often. That's all we can say. Exactly. We're going to try, but we can't guarantee. So I apologize. I know it's probably been, you know, on my, more on my end than Ryan's end, but I apologize. But we will try our best. But worst case scenario, there's always the, the group that we're going to do the predictions on and, and stuff like that. So let's just keep that thing live because we get posts every day on that sucker. And it's awesome that we get new members almost every day. And uh, we have a few that are a little crazy, but it's all good in the hood. So, ah, you got to have a few uh, Bray Wyatt's in there, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it makes it fun. And uh, yeah, just post rumors, talk about wrestling. That's the whole point of it. And uh, yeah, like you said, we'll try. If we can't, there's always going to be stuff on the Facebook. So check that daily, multiple times a day. I know Jared posts. Stuff 10 times a day. Anthony posts stuff 10 times a day. It's, and Jared is not the leader, folks. Yeah, I think, they, <laughs> I think there's been a little confusion with some people because he posts so much. Uh, there, there's, uh, we I, love you, Jared. I, I think there's a little sucking up to Jared, but because <laughs> people are confused that he's the creator. No, it, it, it's me and Mike. We're, we're the guys. and, and uh, Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should never happen. Uh, anyway, I, I think uh, everyone knows, but that's the whole point of this. It's to have fun, talk about wrestling and, and just, uh, you know, have fun. So keep it up guys. Thanks for all the posts. It's great. Excellent. Good time. So yeah, we enjoy it. And, uh, we're trying to do more of these for you. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people that are new, they've never heard us, you know, they have no idea. There's a podcast. Yeah. They, they think it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, wrestling fan page. No, this was created for this podcast and it became more than the podcast, which is even better. So. Yeah. We used to do this weekly, but it got to be at that point, Ross sucked. So it got to be too overwhelming to try to have to watch raw, know all the details and do the recap. And finally we decided to do once a pay-per-view and then that's been difficult. So the point is to try to do a pre-show of the pay-per-view and an after show essentially want to do two a month, but it just depends, you know, when life gets in the way, life gets in the way. So this is true. So like we said, we'll try, uh, it is what it is. Agree, sir. So thank you so much, sir. I had super fun, man. It was good times, man. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. To think about that, if it was good times or not. Well, I, I, I'm still, I'm still letting WrestleMania marinate in my brain. You know, it's it's yeah, a okay. lot to take in, and and oh, I'm gonna have a lot of pictures and video and stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna upload uh, over the course of probably the next week or so. So just be watching the group page. You'll see all the stuff there. Um, I'll try and share over from my regular page to the group page uh, some of the pics I I already posted uh, with the nasty boys and all that. Um, I just got a lot of content I'll get out. It's just going to take some time because I've I had to 
three cameras going pretty much the entire time I was down there. So it's a lot of footage and a lot of stuff to sort out and get it up. So good times. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. So hope you enjoyed this episode. It was fun recording. And for all the STL listeners out there that it's listening to this episode, if you want to hear all the prior episodes of face versus heel, make sure you go to d2rpodcast.com and go to the episodes link and you'll find a list of different shows but just look for the ones that said face versus heel and you can download all the old episodes and you can hear my hatred of cm punk and hear how i changed as the year went on so good times exactly or you can just join the group page and uh maybe i'll put up them them links uh in a few days, just all of the face versus heels specifically, people can go back and re-listen, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So we'll do that, and uh, I guess how I'll sign it off, I'm going to steal this one from Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. I'll catch your ass down the road. <laughs> <laughs>